0: I'm sitting in a room by myself with every single muscle twitching involuntarily and at different speeds. My head hurts, I'm nauseous, I really feel like I'm dying. And truth be told, I really believe I am dying. At that point, I was detoxing from opiates after a 15 year using career. And I was lucky enough to be in a bed at Cumberland Heights when this took place. But before coming in there, 15 years took me to some very dark places where I had lied to, stolen from, manipulated, and pretty much just was a roaring tornado through both family and friends at this point. So when I wake up in rehab and I no longer have my cloak and I no longer have my masks of drugs and alcohol, the feelings that start coming out are shame, guilt, remorse, um, embarrassment. I could go on, I think you get it though. And lucky enough for me, there was a plan being set into motion to put people in my life who were gonna support me through moving through those feelings. But first I would have to meet them. So I'm going into what they call a speaker meeting at Cumberland Heights, which is where alumni come back and give their experience, strength, and hope. They tell you what life's like in recovery, because we all know when we're in rehab what life is like when we're using. So I walk into this meeting, I've got two blankets wrapped around me, my house shoes, I'm sweating, I'm cold, I'm miserable, I don't wanna be in here. And when I look to the front of the room, there's this really beautiful woman who's wearing her cute little khaki capris, and her little button-up sleeveless top, her hair's perfectly coiffed. her makeup is done, and she's happy, like she's happy. And I'm like, we have nothing in common. And if I felt better, I could probably kill her, but I'm a little tired. So I'm just gonna sit back here and listen. And I remember her saying, hi, my name's Jamie and I'm an addict. And that's literally all I remember. I would continue at Cumberland Heights for 32 days and after getting out of there, that would become the place where I would continue on my journey of meeting the family that I have today. Um, I wouldn't remember Jamie for a while, but she'll be known as Jamie One because the second woman that would come in my path I would later find out is also named Jamie we'll call her Jamie too I remember walking in for a meeting as part of the alumni group and I remember a staff person coming up and saying like you're at Mending Hearts right and Mending Hearts is a local transitional living home for women with drug addiction but drug and alcohol addiction and I said yeah and he said well do you like it and I was like yeah I love it He's like, great, we've got this other young lady that we want we want to recommend her go there. We talk to her, and I'm like, absolutely. And again, I remember looking across the room, and I see this little ball of energy bouncing from table to table, and she's got a long flowing skirt and a Grateful Dead t-shirt. She looks like a hippie, but she's maybe 21, if even a day. And I walk up and I said, hi, I'm Brandy. I hear you're interested in mending hearts. She said, yeah, and so I start telling her about the program, and she cuts me off. She's like, no, 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 I don't care anything about that. I've been to seven halfway houses. Do you like it? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I like it. She's like, cool, I'll see you there. (laughs) That would also be the place where I would meet the third member of my family of choice, but I didn't actually talk to her that first night. I just remember a young lady walking past me, very slender, had long blonde hair about down to here, Shorts that could best be described as post-it notes at best. <laughs> That's being generous. With a little tank top and I remember looking at her and I even said this, whoever was sitting next to me I was like, dude, she's trouble. I was right. Because it wouldn't be until we were all in a meeting together that I would come to find out that these women were gonna change the course of my entire life. But two of the principles that 12-step recovery gives us is ask for help and be of service. So Jamie, too, and Olga had moved here from different states, and so they didn't have cars. They needed help getting to 12-step meetings. I needed to be of service, and I'm from Nashville, and I had a car. So lo and behold, they were generous enough to ask me for rides to meetings, and generous enough to ask other people as well. So one particular evening, I remember sitting in a meeting. I'd come by myself, but Jamie and Olga walked in, Jamie, too, but slowly behind them was Jamie One, my vision, my recovery, the thing I couldn't be. She's happy, she's polite, she's nice, she knows everybody by first name. And I you know, I get really awkward and I'm like, oh, we have nothing in common, I don't know what's gonna. And so she sits down beside me and I had my arm on the armrest, and she just very gently knocks my arm, I guess to put hers up there. And of course I'm like, oh God, I'm so sorry. And with a stone cold stare, she looks me dead in the eye and she goes, I'll cut you <laughs> thank you you get me and I appreciate that um, it's been nine years that they've been my family and we've been family since day one we do reenactments in my opinion of regular family rituals we dine together all the time weekly sometimes um, we do holidays together as well, which is also fun. We've had one particular Christmas where, again, Jamie, one and I are the only two who are from Nashville, but everybody else was from Wisconsin, Russia by way of Florida, by way of, or New York by way of Florida, and as well as New Jersey. Come to find out, guys, we in the South were the only ones who do casseroles. <laughs> because as we sit down for dinner, Where are the vegetables? Oh, there's green bean casserole and there's squash casserole. Where are the potatoes? Oh, we got mashed potatoes, we got sweet potato casserole, and we got hash brown casserole. And it was very, you know, heartwarming to see all these people who were stepping out of their element and kind of into mine. It became a family ritual of sorts. We've shared weddings, both Jamie, too, and Olga have been married, and just like any family member would, there was no asking if we were gonna be in the wedding. In fact, there was about a two-week lag there where we started getting a little concerned, like, um, who's gonna be your bridesmaids? (laughs) Well, you are. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, I was getting a little concerned. Being that we come from 12-step 12, addic- twelve step recovery and we come from a life of addiction, we've not only had a lot of celebrations together, but we've also attended more funerals together um, than I think any of us would care to actually remember. And we've attended those funerals often walking out thinking, why did I not, why is it not me? At least I did, you know? And um, To have the kind of support from family to say that it doesn't matter, the answer to that question isn't what's important. The fact that you're here and the fact that we love you is. To have women in my life that have not only supported me and helped me, guided me. At one point or another, these women have been either mother, sister, aunt, niece, friend. They've literally become the family that has never once replaced my family, but has helped it to quadruple in size.